morning, brethren. I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah and the 52nd chapter, Isaiah 52. I want to read our text this morning and then I will pray as Brandon has requested. Isaiah 52, beginning in verse 13, and I will read through Isaiah 53 and verse 3. Let us hear the word of God. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him, for what they have not been told they shall see, and what they have not heard they shall consider. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Let us pray. Our God and Father, we ask your blessing upon this general assembly, especially upon this time when we consider your servant. Help us to do so by your spirit. May you bring glory to yourself through the preaching of your Son. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Brethren, the portion of Scripture we're examining in our morning devotionals this week is in many respects the most important of all of the writings of the Old Testament. In fact, in many ways it is best suited to lead us to a right understanding of the whole of the Old Testament and its central message. For in this portion of scripture that I just read and that we will continue reading throughout the week in Isaiah 53 is set forth for us the sufferings and the glories of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is presented in the context of Isaiah, in the context of Isaiah's gospel, as the one who brings comfort to Zion, according to Isaiah 51. He is the one who brings redemption to Jerusalem, ridding the people of all of their wickedness, as proclaimed in Isaiah 52, verses 1 through 12. And now we see in our text this morning how and why he does so. And what we see and what we hear here should lead us not only to contemplate him, to consider him carefully, 
but to worship him as well. Let us notice how the Lord invites us to see the Messiah, to see his chosen beloved servant, to see Christ. Notice here in verse 13, he invites us to see his service and his exaltation. Behold my servant, my servant, the one that I have chosen, the one that my soul delights in, the one that I have appointed to be the one mediator between God and man. Consider him, yes, contemplate him, contemplate his person and his perfections. For this is what the people of God needed to do in Isaiah's day, to behold God's servant, to behold God's chosen one. And that's what we as the people of God need to do as well, for in times of uncertainty and Times of difficulty and suffering in the crucible of life's trials, in the long agony of waiting, we need to look to Jesus Christ. We need to behold God's servant, his appointed one, his chosen one, the one who serves the Father perfectly. And notice we're called here to consider the excellence of his service. For we read here that he shall deal prudently. All of his ways shall be marked with prudence. All of his ways shall be characterized by wisdom. All that he does brings glory to his Father. All that he does is wise. All the works that he performs, all the miracles that he performs, points to the wisdom and the glory of God. Every word that he speaks is wisdom. No man spake as this man spoke. Words of wisdom poured forth from his mouth, poured forth from his lips, people consider his ministry, as people consider his service to the one true God, they say, here is wisdom. Here is prudence personified. Notice the text goes on to say, he shall, because of his prudent ways, because of his wise ways of service, he shall be exalted, he shall be extolled, he shall be lifted very high, he shall be exalted by the Father, for the Father has given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He shall be extolled by his people. He shall be dear in the hearts of God's people. They shall render unto him worship and praise. Their hearts shall be drawn to him. They will cry out to him. They will esteem him above all, and he will be brought very high. No doubt, a reference here, I would suggest, to the preaching of Christ in the gospel. That Christ would be lifted up before all nations, that his glory would be displayed, especially through the work of his cross. Here we see the Lord's servant. Behold, my servant. Behold his service. 
how he serves with prudence. And then notice here in our text that we are also to behold, we are also to consider his humiliation. His humiliation, for men shall be astonished by his person. Men shall be astonished by his works, by his great wisdom. But even more so, men shall be astonished by his humiliation, by his meager and unattractive appearance, by his very low estate. No doubt we would wonder, how can one who is so great be brought so low? How is one who is so great to be brought so low? Though he was the fairest of them all, he was to become as one recognizable. He was to become as one repulsive to behold. Not only do we consider his exaltation, we consider also his humiliation. And out of his humiliation comes the certainty of his success. For though he is brought low, or though he is marred, though his appearance is unattractive, though his estate is low, nonetheless, he shall succeed in the mission that the Father has set before him. Notice the text says, he shall sprinkle many nations. And this is not a reference to the sprinkling of baptism, but the work of the Holy Spirit. He shall send forth the Spirit. The sovereign Lord, the ascended Lord, shall send forth the Spirit, and the Spirit shall cleanse the hearts of men. The Spirit shall sanctify the people of God. Notice not just the fact that he shall sprinkle many nations in terms of the effect of his success or the extent of his success, But notice the effects. The mouths of kings shall be stopped. Eyes shall be opened. Things that they were not able to see before, they shall be able to see. Understanding shall be granted. Things that they were not able to consider before, they are able to consider because of the work of the divine spirit. So we see here the Lord's servant who acts prudently who shall be exalted, but also who shall be humiliated, and we see his great success. And yet, despite the promise of the powerful extent and effects of the Messiah's rule, notice Isaiah begins here in chapter 3, Isaiah chapter 53, with a complaint. Notice verse 1. Why then have so few believed this report? Why has the Lord been pleased to reveal his arm to so few? Certainly Isaiah, with his vision of God's appointed servant, had difficulty understanding why there were so few that believed the report. Why there were so few that the Lord had been pleased to reveal his strength to surely We see here from this passage and from Isaiah's complaint that if any are going to believe, then the Lord must do the work. The Lord must do the work. The Lord must give men the ability to believe this report of Christ. The Lord must 
extend and reveal his powerful arm if many are to receive his son. Let us be confident that many shall receive his son. He shall sprinkle many nations. Though Isaiah bemoaned the fact, complained here, that so few had believed the report, that it appeared that the arm of the Lord had been revealed in such a small measure, nonetheless, Christ shall be victorious. He shall succeed in his mission as the Messiah. But notice, we're invited again to consider our Lord Jesus in his lowliness. Notice verse 2, where Isaiah tells us here that he comes forth as a tender plant. He does not come forth with pomp and circumstance, with lots of fanfare. Rather, he comes forth as a tender plant, as something that might appear as though it could be easily destroyed, as something that might appear that it could be easily crushed. He comes as a small child. He enters into the world in that lowly fashion. He comes forth from what would appear to be a dry and barren soil. He comes from a very low condition. He is born of a lowly virgin And yet even in his lowly appearance, brethren, he has the love and the delight of his father. For notice the text says that he comes forth before him with the father's approval, with the father's blessing. He comes forth, we're told, with no form, no comeliness. Nothing seems grand or majestic about him. And therefore... When it comes to men, men have no desire for him. Indeed, none of us see the real beauty of the Lord's servant. None of us see the real beauty of the Messiah until the Spirit reveals that to us. Until God opens our eyes to behold the beauties of Christ. Until God gives us a new heart and new affections and new desires. And when those new desires are quickened, they see the beauty of the Lord Jesus. Notice here in verse 3 also that Christ is despised and rejected by men. Christ is despised and rejected by us. For Isaiah declares here that Christ was not held in esteem. You would think that men would hold one who spoke with such wisdom, who acted so wisely, who performed such miracles, who spoke with such wisdom in highest esteem, that they would regard him highly. But Isaiah says that Christ was not held in esteem. He was despised. He was not respected He was not deemed worthy of our attention or of our affections. Rather than being accepted by men, rather than being honored and respected by men, no, we're told here in our text, rather, that Christ was known for his troubles, for his sorrows, 
for his griefs which he bore for his people. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he has been afflicted. He was made up of our sorrows. He was familiar with our grief. He carried the burdens of his people. He carried them fully. He drank the cup to the very last drop, and yet how did we repay him? Isaiah tells him, tells us in the text that we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We turned away as though he was loathsome and abominable. We treated Christ, the Lord's servant, with scorn. Truly, Christ was despised and rejected by men. Truly, Christ was despised and rejected by us. Oh God, forgive us. Forgive us when we consider the beauty of that one that you chose. The beauty of that one that you appointed as the one mediator between God and us. The beauty of that one who suffered so much on our behalf. Lord, forgive us. Help us this day to do three things. First of all, help us to behold the excellence of your servant. Help us to behold the excellence of your servant. Help us to see him in his glory. Help us to see him as the image of the invisible God. Help us to find in him that perfect righteousness that delights, that pleases, that satisfies God the Father. That perfect righteousness that is imputed by faith to his people. Secondly, help us to rejoice not only in his exaltation. We, we love that part of the story. His, his exaltation and glory but help us also to rejoice in his humiliation. For before he ascended into glory, he suffered. Before he wore that crown of glory, he wore a crown of thorns, and he wore it for us. It is in his humiliation that we find hope. It is in his humiliation that he identifies with us and our sin and our sufferings, and our griefs, and our sorrows. And then lastly, help us to esteem, Father, his person, his word, and his will most dearly. If we truly contemplate the Lord's servant this morning, if we are truly convinced of his beauty, if the Spirit of God has moved upon our hearts and cleansed us, the Spirit of God is sanctifying us by sovereign grace and power, then we will desire to serve this beloved servant. We shall desire to act prudently as he was prudent, and to believe the gospel, and to serve his Father, to do his Father's will. Let us, brethren, behold God's servant. Let us Uphold Christ and his cross. Let him be lifted high by his people, by the ministers of the gospel. 
May we, the people of God, be comforted. Be comforted, O Zion, for your king has come. Behold the Lord's servant. Be encouraged, O people of God. He who bore your sins rose again. He is now seated on the right hand of the Father. He is sprinkling many nations, calling countless individuals to faith in himself through the work of the Spirit. May we be strengthened in heart and in mind for the work that God has us to perform. Behold my servant. Brethren, throughout this GA, as we conduct the business of the kingdom, may we be mindful of the Lord's servant. May we do all things for his honor and his glory. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you for your servant, for your son, who acted prudently, who performed the work that you gave him, who brought redemption and comfort to your people. May our thoughts be focused on him throughout this GA. May we desire in all that we do to bring glory to him. May we desire to further his word and his kingdom from shore to shore. We ask these things in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.